Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you're blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church or its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to connect.redchurch.org.au. Well, Happy New Year uh, to you. My first time preaching in 2022. So it's good to be back with you. As Ryan uh, mentioned last week, we're doing a little bit of a choose your own adventure in January uh, before we get into a series. And uh, I would love to preach today uh, on a psalm, Psalm 46. So if you do have your Bibles with you, please uh, grab them. The text will also be up on the screen. And let's begin at the beginning, verse 1 of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Over the Christmas period, I did what probably many of you did and what so many people are doing in Melbourne and stayed pretty close to home. Uh, watched a couple of movies, and I watched a movie I'd not watched for years, which is the classic Ridley Scott movie, Aliens, the sequel to Alien. And the movie begins, and 57 years have passed since the first Alien, where the sort of uh, protagonist, uh, Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, um, battles these aliens on a, a particular spaceship and 57 years have passed, but Ripley hasn't aged. The Aliens, the sequel begins with her docking into another ship. And what's happened in those 57 years is she's been traveling through space, the vast distances of space. And the way that they do in this movie, and uh, people have speculated this about space travel in the future, is that the sheer amount of distance that you would have to cover, that humans would have to go into some kind of suspended animation so that we could live for the periods that we need to live to get out into the great beyond. And so the movie begins with her, the same age, awakening after 57 years, not knowing what's gone on, being in this state of suspended animation, this very restricted space where they're just their vital signs continuing. And she has to reorientate herself at the beginning of the film to coming out of this, space, this state of suspended animation. And as I watched that opening scene, there was a resonance for me personally, for what I think many people in this city have gone through, this sense that for two years as a city, being in such a long lockdown, 
being really quite isolated, this sense that we've been in suspended animation. Chatting to a few people who have come back to Melbourne who have not lived in Melbourne uh, during the last two years, they've mentioned how they noticed that people are different, that this has actually had an impact on us, this state of living in a suspended animation. At the end of last year, it looked like that emergence, that being woken up, the pod opening and us stepping out into the world uh, was beginning, the summer of freedom, the ashes of the cricket, barbecues, travel, going overseas, uh, life would return to, we sort of knew it wasn't exactly be 2019, but something approaching that. But then yet again, as we've experienced over the last two years, another curveball. As a city, we have felt defined by this fact that we've lived in this corporate lockdown, which has been you know, set by the government, which people followed, but now this sort of new reality that we've opened up and there's very few restrictions uh, and precisely at that moment, then the cases peak more than they've ever been and there's deaths are higher than they've ever been. And so the question that you know, I've, I've felt personally and as we're talking to people at the beginning of the year, that people are trying to work out how do you negotiate this new reality? Almost overwhelmingly, uh, listening and speaking to people. Everyone knows it's not going back to 2019. But you also sort of know it's not going to be 2020 or 2021. It's some in-between state that we're now living in. And how do you do that? Whereas before in Melbourne, there was sort of one set of rules for everyone. But now people are having to individually work this out. Do you go and hang out with those people? Where have they been? All these negotiations that we're having to engage in. We felt that, as was mentioned in uh, the announcements earlier, uh, we decided not to meet um, for the last couple of weeks as cases were so high that infections were almost inevitable. Um, so we decided not to meet. And um, you know, speaking to other churches who have met during this time, it's fascinating that you know they've had church services where before it was like people wanted to get back to church because they couldn't technically come because the government was preventing or limiting services. Uh, but now, like people have not been coming to church, and there's churches with tiny numbers turning up because people are not wanting to come or have got COVID or isolating or whatever. So how do you negotiate this new reality? And in many ways, what I realized was that what the last two years has felt like is there's been this fog. You can't see ahead of you. It's really difficult to plan to see what it looks like in six months. And at the end of the year last year, it felt like perhaps the wind was coming, the fog was going to clear. We didn't expect to see for miles, but we thought maybe we'll see what 2022 looks like or the first six months. But it's like another pea super has descended. How do we look ahead? Well, I want to suggest to you that yes, the future from a human perspective seems unclear. But with God, I think his spiritual vision has never been clearer. There may be a fog on the ground, but the heavens, the skies are clear when we look with spiritual vision. And I think this psalm, Psalm 46 helps us understand that. And that question that so many of us have where, in a sense, we realize the time of suspended animation is over and we need to re-emerge within the world, but do that perhaps in a new way. How do we do that? How do we set our faith? How do we set our life going forward? I think Psalm 46 has a lot to say to us. So let's dig into it even more. Let's begin with the first verse. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present 
help in trouble. A refuge speaks of another biblical term, a stronghold. Both of these words point to another biblical theme, a metaphor that's often used of God, which is God is a rock. If you think about a rock, a rock in the natural environment speaks of strength. It also speaks of continually being present. In Exodus 33, verse 22, Moses asks to see God's glory. Moses has been in this wilderness experience, wandering, not sure what the future looks like, knowing that at some stage he's going to enter into the promised land. But as he's in this wilderness experience, he's going deeper with God and he says to God, show me your glory. And God says to Moses in verse 22, when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. We see two things here. The first thing is we see that God is present. His presence is with us in wilderness difficult times. His presence is ever present, a constant source of help. When the situation in the world looks desperate, God is present. And God is like a rock, a stronghold. That image, there is this cutting, there is this little space in the rock, and God is like a rock who embraces us. And you think of the ancient world where human constructions and buildings were mostly made from wood and they did not have the architectural engineering wonders that we have today. That there would have been a contrast between human built structures and particularly in this part of the world where often people were nomadic, putting up and taking down tents. A contrast between that reality is a shelter of a tent which in a storm can be blown away and the solidity of finding a stronghold, a refuge in a rock. God is the rock. He is the foundation upon which to build our lives. When the storm comes as it has come for us in the last two years, we posture ourselves by recognizing what we have learnt in this time. Those who have spiritual vision to see that the most important thing is God's presence. That even in the darkest of times when we can't sense him or feel him, he is still present and he is still there. And he gives us a foundation to build upon. The world does not give us a sure foundation for God in his strength and solidity is a foundation upon which we can build. So we posture ourselves for the coming season, at the beginning of 22, by reminding ourselves that God is our refuge, by making our God our stronghold, the foundation upon which we build our lives. Many people are asking the question, how do I renegotiate? How do I re-enter into life? How do I remake my life after this period of suspended animation? How do you do that? The first thing you do is to prayerfully on our knees, ask that question, recognizing that we're building upon the rock. Everything we must do, not our plans, his plans. Let's read on. Verse two, therefore, we will not fear. The therefore is referring to verse one. We don't fear. 
because God is our refuge and strength. There is a lot of fear at the moment and a lot of that's understandable. There is a good side to fear in that if a lion is running at you, your body will go into a response of how to react to that in order to save yourself. But we've been living into this long period of continually having to renegotiate, having to risk manage. This is a lot of fear. It's understandable. But the reason that the fear does not overtake us is because of the truth that God is our rock. He is our foundation upon which we can build our lives. Now listen to the next bit. The language here is really evocative. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quaking with their surging. So I've got this image now, they move in a sense from a rock to water. And the image of, particularly in sort of the ancient world, the biblical language is that in a sense, like the water represents one of the primal elements of the world. This is like the foundation of the world is shaking. The mountains are falling into the sea. The earth feels like it's going to give way. The waters are roaring and there's foam and the water's even smashing against the mountains. We saw this reality this week in Tonga as there was a gigantic uh, 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 volcanic eruption and a tidal wave, the shaking of the ground and water goes out with incredible power, going all the way to places like California and Peru and tsunami warnings in New Zealand and Australia and Japan, all these places. We see the language of the power of the earth here. But we also feel it in the human world. The pandemic seemingly has been this usherer of all this change in the world, technological, cultural, economic, at the moment, as I am speaking here, I just was looking at the news. We see this potential, this massive Russian buildup in Europe. The nations again seem to be clashing. The foundations of what we thought the set order are now moving. The waters are bubbling and shaking in the world. Naturally, this would give anyone fear. But then there's this contrast. We've got the waters which are being in tumult because the world order seems to be shaking. But then in verse 4, this, a different kind of body of water. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The city of God is Jerusalem. The holy place, the holy city of Jerusalem where the Most High dwells. This is speaking of the temple, the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God, where God's presence is in God's holy city. It's speaking of a river. Now, many cities that are powerful and famous and have been there for millennia or centuries are cities which are built on rivers. And you think of the Seine in Paris or the Thames in London. These cities which actually have their trade and their wealth and migration come because they're able to be these transport hubs. The city is, in a sense, its veins, its lifeline is this river. So rivers are really important to cities and they give them wealth and prestige and economic power. So this is speaking of the river that runs through Jerusalem and makes the city glad. There's something really interesting. There's no great river running through Jerusalem. So what's it talking about? 
It's not talking about an earthly body of water. It's contrasting the metaphor of seas and waters in tumult because the earthly order as what we thought things were is shaking. But it's contrasting that. The biblical language is contrasting that with this living river of water that runs through the place. The city of God, the people where the people of God reside, the city of Jerusalem. It's got spirit. We see this river again in the book of Revelation flowing out from the new Jerusalem, healing the world. The Holy Spirit, which pours out from Jerusalem at Pentecost when the spirit falls. And in a sense, those tributaries, those waters, those streams go out from Jerusalem into the world. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. What this is saying is God operates in a very different pace, plan, and posture to the world. The world and the environment in which we find ourselves in. And at this moment, the environment is shaking. In 2019, the world's environment didn't seem to be shaking in the same way. And we could fall into the myth of putting our trust in that environment, that it's an environment which enables us to do what we want to do when we want to do it. But that's been exposed in the last two years. And as the order in the world shakes at so many different tectonic levels, the invitation of this psalm is to not look to the shaking waters of the world, but instead look to the living spiritual river which flows from the presence of God. That's what sustained the people of God. I could give you the 2022 rah-rah speech that's so often given at churches at the beginning of the year, the great vision speech. This is going to be a great year. God's going to do great things in your life. But so often when we preach those sermons in the past, it was really just about a motivational energy, get the energy up. But this psalm is inviting us into something deeper. The living waters that emerge from the throne of God and his presence when he is Lord and we as individuals and as the church recognize he is Lord and center ourselves around his presence. We posture ourselves for this season by recognizing that our hope is not in our environment. We don't know what the future looks like. There is a fog on the ground, but with God, the skies are clear. Verse six, the nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. In many ways, these verses, if you just read it cursorily, cursorily, if you just read it, they seem to be repeating what we just learned. Yep, there's tumult in the world, the nations are clashing, but God is our refuge. This is repeating a point. It's repeating a point because we need to hear this more than once. When the biblical story, when verses, when scripture repeats something, it's because you need to hear it more than once to get it into our heads so that it will go into our hearts. We need to hear this again. And when we've heard it, we need to hear it again. It's repeating a point that's really key. 
if you look at this process that we've been in of this pandemic, we thought it was going to be an event. We said this early on in 2020. I preached a sermon. I said, we're going to think this is an event that's going to last six weeks. No, it's a process which we are subsumed into. And in that, there's an invitation to resist or to grow with what God is doing. And so there is this element that we need to hear this truth again and again. So let's come back to it and mine it. Yes, it's saying the same thing, but there's some really interesting nuances in it. Verse 6, let's go back to it. The nations are in uproar. The kingdoms fall. And you just think of the sound of the nations in uproar. The screaming, the yelling, the opinions, the accusations, the noise, the fear, the worry, the cacophony of thousands of voices screaming at once, deafening us. And in our day and age, coming to us through our devices, through the news, through so many news reports that we continually get, keeping us in a state of continual anxiety as the environment is in tumult. The second part of that verse. He lifts his voice, this image of that sound of humanity and the human order shaking, but then God's voice lifting above it. And just three incredibly powerful words. The earth melts. Does the earth literally melt? No. But what this is saying, this, this, is, this is beautiful poetic language. That in a sense, when God speaks, the world falls silent. That all of its pretenses to importance, all of its screaming and yelling goes silent. That God's voice is what is important at moments when the world order seems to be shaking. And then the reminder, what does God's voice say? Verse 7, what is the good news for us? The Lord Almighty is with us. And all the bad news is with you. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's repeating the message, but it's repeating the message because we need to hear it. Because once we hear it and we leave that space, there's going to be a bunch of other voices saying a different truth. We need to hear this more than once. And we need to posture ourselves for this season by attuning our ears to God's voice. And we need to do that more intentionally in 2022, particularly as the other voices get louder. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. Come and see what the Lord has done. There is an invitation here. Come and see. Now everyone's going to want to come. Not everyone's going to want to see. And when we do choose to come and see, what do we see? The desolations he has brought on the earth. Moses is hidden, in a sense, from God's presence, because God's presence has two sides to it. For those who have a heart after God, it's a healing balm. But God's presence for human orders which resist him actually comes in a form of judgment. And so the desolations and judgment that God's presence brings on the earth, on those orders that try and set themselves up apart from him, whether that's a nation state, an empire, or one singular human life is trying to do it in their own strength. And let's see the desolation that he brings upon the earth at this moment when, if you listen in the world, in the earth at this time in 2022, January, it sounds in some places like the drums of war are potentially beating quietly in the distance, getting louder. Verse 9 says this. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. 
He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. God is coming against the weapons of humanity. He's judging the human orders which set themselves up in our own strength and reject the rule of God. This is a breaking down. This is God coming and shaking the foundations of the earth because they need to be shaken because they've set themselves up against him. He is calling and telling people, come and see. Who is he inviting? The remnant who say yes to God and his way and his order. And those who say no are experiencing a shaking and their weapons are puny and pathetic compared to God. And they will not prevail. And so... At the beginning of 2022, we posture ourselves for this season by accepting that there's a breaking down that must come before the building up. We can't control the environment. We can't control the shaking in the world. But there's moments when our attempts to do this in our own strength, our attempts to make Christianity about something which delivers our personal wants and desires, as an avenue to getting what we want, rather than actually saying yes to God's plan for our life. When those things break down, there's an invitation to come and see what the Lord has done to say yes to growth. We can't control the environment, but we can say yes to the growth that God wants to bring in us as his renewed remnant people as the church at this time. And then lastly, the last two verses, which I think They're all important, but I think there's a particular resonance in these two verses, particularly verse 11 for us. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There are so many different scenarios that people are putting out at the moment. I've been trying to listen to what the experts are saying. You've got some experts are saying with Omicron that it's going to burn through people really quickly. But in a sense, that will be the final hurrah of the pandemic and people will get immunity and this is the final moments. Others are saying, no, hang on, there's more to come. Which one's right? Who who knows? They don't know. They're guessing and speculating. So if the first truth happens where Yep, it burns out and sort of by April, May or June or July or whatever, we're starting to look at a reality of a world post-COVID and a Melbourne finally not living in the grasp of COVID. And there's going to be that sense where, whoa, okay, what do I say yes to? Maybe the busyness will come back and all of a sudden everyone who said they won't run around again like a headless chicken will be running around like a headless chicken. And maybe there's this whole pressure on you just to jump back on the hamster wheel And you're like worrying that you're forgetting the lessons of the last two years. What is the way forward? If that's the future we have, be still and know that I am God. What if the future is what the others are saying that perhaps there'll be a new variant, perhaps Omicron will come in waves and we've still got more of this to go. And how do you walk through it? How do you deal with that? What is the answer? Be still and know that I am God. We can be still 
when we know that he's moving. We're still, because before we move, we need to see where he's going. This is the stillness that comes before the step, the stillness that is born out of us not trying to do it in our own strength, with our own smarts, but watching our Father and following behind him, protected in the cleft of the rock. A step that can be taken with faith because we're set to the knowledge of who God is and who we're not. Where we can follow him to the future he has for us. I want to reframe this moment for us. Yeah, we're renegotiating. We're trying to look forward. We're trying to re-enter the world. Let's step for a moment of stillness. Let's be set by God. Maybe there's some time you want to take today and the days to come. We just sit for a while and say, yeah, we're coming out of suspended animation. Yeah, we're not back to COVID zero. Maybe we'll never get there. We don't know what the future looks like, but I can be still. And going forward, I want to set my life to knowing God, knowing who he is, falling more in love with him, allowing him to be my foundation, the stronghold, which I look to, my protector, my guide, my father. And I believe for us as a church, there's an invitation where, yeah, we'll look at the numbers and we'll come back soon. What does that look like? When do people come back? How many people come back? I don't know all those answers. But what we will be setting ourselves to is being still, knowing who we are. And it's a stillness that can be inside of you. You still can be moving. There's things we've got to, we've got to move forward. We can't live in suspended animation forever. But there's an inner stillness that can come when we're set by who God is, the knowledge of God. And I believe, yeah, things are cloudy, things are foggy in the foreground on the earth, but I think the skies are clear, the heavens are speaking. The vision's never been more clear. God is building a remnant church. And out of remnants come renewals. And those who don't want to be here are not here anymore. And so in the midst of all the uncertainty, there's actually an excitement of what God is doing in your life and what God is doing in our church's life. And I believe that will flow in what bigger thing that God's doing in our city and the world. Let me pray for you. God, I pray that we just take that message on. In fact, I just ask for your spirit to come right now. We say with your word that we shall not fear. We actually still our hearts, the constant negotiating, risk management, isolation, all the different things we've felt over the last two years as a city. We still our hearts. We attune to your voice and we just recognize that your voice is held up above all the other voices and the earth melts. We recognize that all around us and maybe in our hearts is the churning tumultuous water of a shifting moment. For we set ourselves to the stillness and flowing power of the river which flows from the throne of God. Father, lift up our eyes from the foreground, from the earth, and let us see that the skies are clear, the vision has never been clearer. 
We're called to be your disciples, a remnant of people pushing into renewal. Be with us. We give you 2022. Whatever the environment looks like, you are unchanging. You are a rock. And Father, we want to build our lives on that strong foundation, that refuge. In your name. Amen.